0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Best For Him Podcast, where we talk about things that are related to men and relevant for men. This is your host Bhavna from Best For Him Studios. It's a World Book Day special episode where we are talking to an author who touched on a very relevant topic through her book that was launched last November started in 2006 but went viral in 2017. A social movement made a huge impact not only on the imagery of this particular gender but also brought severe changes in their thinking process and their approach towards different things, especially regarding another gender we are talking about me too movement which has had several different kinds of implications on men whether they are good or bad i think it's very personalized to each individual but this social movement certainly brought a huge paradigm shift in the relationship of a male and a female and to talk about that shift today we have a beautiful and great author Prachi Gangwani with us, who recently wrote a book called Dear Men, Masculinity and Modern Love in hashtag MeTooIndia. Welcome to the show Prachi. Thank you, Bhavna. It's lovely to be here. So, Prachi, you know, to start with, uh, we would like to discuss about something that happened recently. Uh, you know, there is a big imagery shift has taken place with men after the Me Too movement. How has that entire Me Too movement affected the men's relationship status, whether it's a serious one or a casual one? Can you please share? So, um, I, I don't think there has been one unified
1: change or response in terms of how men are navigating relationships post me too i think it is across the spectrum um and you know on the one hand you have men who are yes more self-conscious and cautious um and but on the other hand you have men who you know are talking about consent and sexual boundaries a lot more than before and i think this is if something you know if there is a unified impact that the movement have, has had on men women or relationships or other genders is that you know, it has given us a vocabulary to talk about consent and, and boundaries in relationships and um, this is not just you know consent is not just about sex it's about everything in the relationship right it's about asking each other about the little things as well so i think that is. The big change that has happened after the movement, um, I don't think that um, men, I don't think it has solved all the problems in the relationship. I don't think that, um, you know, um, consent is always talked about in every situation, and now like men and women are not violating each other's boundaries. It's still happening. But We are talking about it. We are able to talk about it and it has become acceptable to talk about it and I think people have become more receptive to understanding, to hearing out the other person's perspective.
0: Absolutely, that's a big shift when you see a change in perception. But you know, what kind of changes do you witness in a man when it comes to traditional love or modern love, you know, because I see that men are being okay in handling their household works with their female partners and they're also okay, you know, in having their female partners contributing to, you know, to the house. So what are the other things that you see that have changed? I also think that some younger men, I
1: wouldn't say many i think this is a minority but some younger men are also a lot more emotionally open than um, perhaps their fathers or even men in their late 30s or 40s are today so i'm talking about men who are in their 20s you know i think they are they are emotionally as well more open and they're breaking out of this um expectation that we have of men or we have had of men to be you know stoic and to be emotionally uh, unattached or removed or aloof they're not they're increasingly moving away from that so that's another change that I see happening Um, and I think also there is an increasing number of men who are uh, very feminist sometimes you know I've come across couples where both of whom are are equally feminist and vocal about their expectations of gender equality in the relationship but sometimes you know it will be the men who will call out the women or it'll be the men who will voice something that the woman in the relationship is perhaps a little reluctant to voice right so I think that's another uh, really amazing change that I see in relationships you know, off younger men.
0: Absolutely, I think the younger generation is going to bring the change. But you know, it has been quite some time that we are seeing a huge emphasis on uh, sharing the load, where men are asked to support women in their household work and women are stepping out and contributing financially. So how do you see men, especially who are in their 50s and you know, early 60s, considering this shift uh, in the society? Well, you know, like I said,
1: it's it's a work in progress and there are individual stories across the spectrum you know uh, for example i don't know how much of the book you've read but in the book i talk about this one young man who um, comes from a fairly traditional joint family setup with fairly traditional gender roles you know working father working men in the family but uh, the women in in his family his mother and aunts etc have been homemakers And he marries a woman who is very independent, she is working and uh, she has a full-time job as well, right? And so I talk about their struggle and I talk about his struggle in particular where he doesn't feel like it's unfair of his wife to expect him to uh, participate in, you know, uh, taking care of the house. Yet, at the same time, there is this idea that he's helping his wife as if it's her job and he's just the helper, right? So that o- sense of ownership uh, is not there towards um, sense of ownership or responsibility even is not only really there towards the house as much as it is there towards, say, his work, for instance. And, and I think that is a good example of this kind of struggle that men face men who come from traditional families and then are you know have done whatever inner work that they have done in order to be able to love a woman and be loved by a woman who is not uh, traditional in terms of gender roles you know who is independent and who is working and who has a life that this these men have not seen the women in their lives have so they have that desire they have that appreciation for it Yet, you know, there is kind of like uh, a conflict in the sense that they're still struggling to unlearn some of the things that they have learned uh, just by observing their family or being raised in a certain type of a family. So I think it's work in progress. I think, it's, uh, uh, I think we must appreciate that these men are open, uh, but also it's important to understand that change takes time. You know, it cannot happen overnight and uh, sometimes like one person cannot change in all the ways that we would like for them to but if we can change in six
0: out of the ten ways uh, then I think that's good progress. Absolutely I think it's a step by step journey that we have to complete but do you think uh, a family has a big role to play in this all imagery that men have in their minds? Yes absolutely I do think uh, I mean there, there, there are
1: a few things I want to say here so let let me try to kind of break it down point by point so to begin with your question yes I do think families play a crucial role however we cannot expect the older generation to change that's just unfair I think that's unfair and that's futile because you know fifty in your 50s in your 60s your 70s you're set in your ways you have spent most of your life having a certain belief system so to for a 30 year old person who's getting married for them to expect their 60 year old parents to change and look at the world in a completely different way is unrealistic and unnecessary right let them be Uh, but i think that the the important bit and the crucial bit where it comes to families is upon the young younger parents the young parents today who are um, raising children today right kids who are like two three four five or even teenagers parents of teenagers today parents who are going to have kids in the next few years so it's the young parents i think who bear the brunt of changing these things and challenging the culture and raising their children in a way that's more um, responsible towards other genders so that's one aspect but i also want to point out that you know we cannot put the entire onus on parents upbringing or family there are plenty of people out there who come from very conventional very orthodox traditional families who have broken out of that and on the other hand, there are also people who come from liberal family, families who are like, you know, not so liberal themselves, not as liberal as you would expect them to be, given their family background. So it's so many different factors, right? It's our education, it's the content we consume, it's our friends, peer group also plays a huge role. You know, the way teachers speak to students in schools plays a huge role in this. The kind of movies we watch, the kind of music we listen to. So that's the thing, you know, like gender is not, yes, it, it begins at home, but it doesn't end there. You know, it's a whole culture that we, consume and that we are a part of so I think what families can really do is to plant that seed of questioning um, convention questioning gender roles questioning biases and not just gender in terms of other things as well you know so I think parents what what they can do is to teach their children to question things and to learn to carve their own paths beyond that as a parent, also, how much control do you really have? And you shouldn't. You know, you should not control your child based beyond the point. But yes, teach your child to learn to question things.
0: Absolutely, Prachi, I think you made a very great point here for our listeners. But there's another thing that we are consuming world media these days and you know, through OTT and news channels, where we tend to fantasize the Western culture and the how men treat their women. Uh, do you think there's something that we can learn from them? Or there's anything that we can take inspiration from them?
1: Actually, I would completely disagree with I mean, not disagree, but I would tread that with a lot of caution, you know, because there are a lot of western things that we think are cool but are actually pretty sexist. Now you see a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, young parents they, they have baby showers where men are not invited, the father is not invited. That's a very western concept, right? And we think it's cool that oh my god, we're doing a baby shower, we're not doing anything religious, but you're excluding the father, you're putting the entire burden of parenting on the mother right so how are you progressing you're not so i think we need to tread with caution when we say that western values are more liberal than indian or indian let's say let's say hindu values because that's what i am familiar with i don't know the you know uh, culture around gender in other religions that we have in india unfortunately and that's something i would like to learn very much but i know the culture Uh, you know the traditions some of them that we have in Hinduism some of them are very sexist I do agree like Kanyadan is very sexist but some are not so it's not what I'm trying to say is that it's not a western eastern split it's not that you know let's keep regions out of it let's keep countries out of it let's keep religion out of it most definitely I think gender issues and gender dynamics uh, sometimes are uh outside of you know they exist outside of these things as well so that's one thing and then the other thing also is that we don't always have great role models even in hollywood you know look at this whole recent thing of will smith um going on the stage and slapping another man because he made a joke that pissed off his wife right like it's uh it, it it it's very infantilizing for women for a man to do that and it it is a very regressive behavior for him to do that because women don't need protection and certainly not through acts of violence right so i that's what i would say i don't think it's a western eastern thing i think there are even in india there are a lot of practices that are quite liberal there are a lot of practices that are not liberal so look at it as an
0: individual case rather than where it comes from i think we need to be very careful when we are taking any inspirations but there's another thing that is intimacy men tend to have bigger aspirations than women and this brings clashes and disagreements so how should men treat such situations can you please share Hmm. Sure. Um, i would again start with saying it, it depends
1: on you know from person to person but uh, generally speaking I think that sometimes we tend to look at sex or sexual gratification in a very uh, you, you know like with a tunnel vision Right, like we look at it only as intercourse or we look at getting sexual gratification only through intercourse. Whereas there are many different ways, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with solo play, there's nothing wrong with using toys, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, getting pleasure in other ways as well. So that is one thing and of course in a relationship, consent is above everything else. So, if you don't have your partner's consent for an act that you want your partner to be involved in, then it's just, you know, you can ask once or twice, but you cannot, you can never cross that boundary. Um, And I also think that, uh, you know, there's, um, I think, okay, let me put it this way. I think that everybody at some point in their life should go to therapy. That's number one. And I think that uh, there is uh, a lot of value in seeking therapy when you're facing trouble in your sexual life. Um, Because a lot of times, you know, trouble, trouble under the sheets actually may have some parallels in other areas of your relationship as well, right? so i think there's nothing wrong with going with going to therapy so if couples are having trouble with their sex life see a therapist see a marriage counselor see a sex therapist Uh, there are many uh, qualified and good sex therapists or marriage counselors couples counselors out there now who are young who are you know um who understand the challenges the kind of challenges and needs and desires that people of today have right and now with Two years of the pandemic, even therapists have gone online. So you it's, that accessibility issue is also not there. You can always do an online session. So that's the other thing I would say, um, and and. But I also want to point out something which is a harsh reality of, uh, you know, uh, relationships in in India is that. Talking about sex is a very difficult thing for most people. It's a very awkward thing for most people, even married couples. So, and I think a lot of times, you know, couples tend to be sexually dissatisfied in, in their relationship because they are not able to effectively communicate their needs, their desires. So that's something to work on and it's not always possible to work on it on your own. Hence the need for
0: professional intervention. Right, right. But you know, there's another significant thing that we just cannot miss talking about. That is mental pressure. Men bear a lot of mental pressure, not only due to hectic professional lives, but sometimes due to personal clashes as well. So how do you see men handling this? Has there been a shift in how men perceive others' opinion now?
1: I think this is actually, I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because I think this is one of the biggest challenges that men face uh, in their adulthood when they are entering a relationship or a marriage is to how to balance between their role as a son and their role as a partner or a husband or a spouse rather. Um, and uh, so it's there, it's definitely there. Um, and how do you deal with it again like you know i don't <laughs> i mean i i always avoid making generalizations because everybody's story is different um but if you feel like you know if, if someone feels like they're struggling with this communicate talk about it go to therapy seek family counseling or, or couples counseling one thing I think need, that needs to become uh, more and more common, that needs to become a common practice in India is for couples to go for premarital counselling. And especially if you are entering an arranged marriage, I think it is crucial to go for premarital counselling. So what happens in premarital counselling? You know, uh, Essentially, what the therapist will help you understand is, you know, who you are, what your personality traits are, what your patterns are, what your partner's patterns are, what your relationship patterns are, and what are the kind of problems that you are likely to face when you get married. So it's not to say that if you go for premarital counseling, you will not face any issues or you will not feel the pressure to balance between your family or your spouse, right? Uh, You will still feel those things, but you'll be better equipped to deal with it and perhaps maybe with some things you'll be better equipped to preempt those things. So, um, I I mean, just just to kind of wrap it or like put it together, put it in a neat way. One is that, yes, it's a reality. A lot of men do face it. Um, And uh, the other thing that I would say is that don't deny it. Uh, Don't pretend that it's not there. Um, and just get help, get help. I also want to add one more thing though, now that I'm talking about it, I think I want to add one more thing that I think that men need to understand that uh, they are building a life or they are starting a life and they will be spending uh, if not the rest of their life then at least you know a few years or a significant period of their life in the future with their partner, with their spouse so and their partner has also made that decision to commit to them and has probably left behind a lot more than they have to start this partnership. So I think that needs to be kept in mind and that needs to be honoured whatever that may mean in the relationship.
0: Absolutely. Great Prachi. It was lovely talking to you and thank you for your all insights. And thank you to listeners for tuning in. You can listen to more Best For Him episodes on your favorite audio streaming platform like Spotify, Anchor and Apple Podcast. And to seek more content about men, visit bestforhim.com. And don't forget to like our show on any platform that you have tuned in from. Stay tuned.